Because when I have seen businesses fail and, and you start to do some postmortems on them and they've been a successful business for years and years and years and years and years, I'm telling you, it is astonishing how often a change in leadership led to the ultimate demise of an otherwise stable company. Welcome to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground, where we talk about supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity with everyone from academics, historians, and business leaders. With your hosts, Chloe Guidry-Reed and Adam Moore, you'll hear inspiring stories and practical tips for overcoming challenges and gaining insight into supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. I'm Matt Colicello, in for Chloe Guidry-Reed, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Adam Moore. As part of our series geared towards empowering small and diverse business owners to take their businesses to the next level, today's episode is all about succession planning and why it's important for your business. As small to medium-sized businesses, having plans in place for leadership transitions in case of emergency is vital to maintaining long-term organizational health. This episode will act as your guide to understanding, writing, and maintaining strong succession plans. So Adam, let's jump in. Sounds great. I'm excited. This is another one of those topics that, you know, we discuss a lot in corporate America, but I don't think it's socialized or discussed a lot in the small and diverse business circles. So very glad to, to be having, having this chat today. Well, last week we released an episode on business continuity. And I think for a lot of people who may not have dived into these topics, business continuity and succession planning seem very, very similar. So I'm wondering if we can start by defining succession planning and then also talking about how it's distinct from business continuity. Sure. That's that's a great place to start. So succession planning is basically how is the business going to live beyond you? Who is going to take your spot at the table when it's time for you to retire, when it's time for you to move on? What does that look like and what does that person need to have in the way of training to be able to do so? When we talked about business continuity, we were talking about interruptions in your day-to-day business as usual activities. How do you recover from them? What are the plans put in place to communicate it? And how do you keep delivering your goods and services to your customers? I think last we relied a lot on all of our very distinct and fresh memories of the covid years and how that really gave us all a lesson in business continuity and pivoting. So that's the difference, right? Succession planning is how does the business live beyond you? And then other planning is what do we do when we have an interruption or you are have stepped away for a period of time, right? So that's kind of the difference between the two. Uh, and it's critical actually for our, our small, medium businesses, our diverse owned businesses, Because a lot of times when I'm mentoring a a business, I say, so what's the succession plan, right? And they're like, oh, well, my son, my daughter is going to take it over. I I have a niece that's really interested in taking over the business. That's that's great until you realize that nobody in your family really cares what you do or want to do what you did. So a lot of the times the romanticized idea is, oh, I'll pass it down through the family. This is a generational business. Are there some, are there some very successful ones? Oh yeah. I mean, 
Cox Communication right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Obviously, a very successful multi-generational family. Chick-fil-A, another highly successful multi-generational family business. But they, too, guess what they have? Secession planning. They know what it looks like when it's time to change the guard. So it's it's something that can be as simple as a relative stepping in, and it can be as simple as, well, how do I sell it? How do I become a silent partner in it? That can also be part of the secession plan. Maybe I want to step away. Somebody else runs it, and I just want to be a silent partner. This is part of my investment portfolio. I'm going to start earning some money on it my retirement years. Right. I think a lot of people who are founders, especially who love their businesses so much. And in a sense, you know, they think of the business as a child that they want to bequeath to another family member. It's hard to think about yourself as founder and visionary and leader as replete. And yet it's, it's actually vital for small and medium-sized businesses to create a plan that renders the leader replaceable so that the business can go on. Can you just talk about Talk about that principle. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Sometimes that's done unintentionally too, right? We've talked about this in past episodes. If you've gone into business for yourself, that means you're probably doing something that you're passionate about and have a lot of industry experience in. And you know you can do it well. And so you strike out and you do it on your own. Well, the problem is all of that knowledge resides in your head. Right. Nobody else has had the same experiences you have. Nobody's had the same training that you've had, that type of thing to bring that knowledge along with them. So what you have to do is make sure that when you're thinking about succession planning is truly I tell people is when I'm kind of running through an exercise with my my protégés is I want you to write down and I want you to describe to me from age to education, from background to family what does the replacement of you look like, right? And, and and oftentimes they come back and it's like a one-for-one copy of them. I'm like, so you're not going to find this person because you're already here, <laughs> right? So let's let's start over again, right? It takes several iterations. We finally come down to is what are some of the core things? And one of the biggest things I see is industry experience, and a passion for the industry, whatever this industry is, everything else gets taught. We can all learn some of the different ins and outs of businesses. We can even learn the ins and outs of the different customers we're dealing with. But you really do have to come with some sort of industry knowledge into a business, right? You really do. When you start looking for somebody to take over your business, you have to look for somebody with kind of a similar industry background. doesn't have to be one for one, right? But it has to be some translatable skills that come through there. So I would say some key elements you need to start looking for for this succession plan is what does the next owner look like? And I say that in what is their industry experience? How far along should that industry experience be? What management positions maybe should they have been exposed to before coming in and trying to take over your business? And the reason you need to know this, even if you're selling it, right? is you want to make sure that you sell it to somebody successful. Because remember, when you sell a business, unless you're a single proprietor, you're not just selling the business, but you're selling all the people that depend day in and day out on that business making money and them getting a paycheck. So if you find the wrong person to come buy the business, even though they may have the money and all of the just 
go get an attitude that they have. If you hand it to somebody that doesn't understand how it's done, it really can be ruinous, right? And now this thing that you've created and spent all this time with is just gone. That's one of the things I wanted to ask when we think about not having a succession plan or not having a succession plan. That feels like that's a major risk that you're taking on people that work. It is a major risk. And you know, the the plans are different. I remember talking to, golly, I cannot remember who that was inside Chick-fil-A, but we were talking about the Kathy family. And we were talking about the great, great grandchildren that are now starting to come out of college and want to come into the family business. It's very interesting to me. They have a succession plan for those kids. It's not just, oh, congratulations, you're a Kathy. Here's your seat at the table. It is, you have to go get your four-year degree, possibly your graduate level degree. And then you have to go spend five years in another business, not Chick-fil-A, in the field that you want to come in. And then, oh, and then we'll let you come in to the Chick-fil-A family. And I was like, that is fascinating. I was like, that's actually kind of best practice. And they said, yeah, the reason they do this is so that those relatives of the Cathy's, the great, great grandchildren have the world experience from somewhere else other than Chick-fil-A, because what they realized was if we only if they only know Chick-fil-A, then Chick-fil-A will be the same ad infinitum. But if we go and have them go work somewhere else for like a, an IBM, a Hackett group, something right. So another big name out there, they get to learn that way. And then they bring that way into the Chick-fil-A way. And now Chick-fil-A is gaining the experience of other businesses as these people come in. That's a succession plan. Even if your succession plan is, yeah, I've got a child that really wants to take over. Okay, well, how is that going to look? Are they just going to all of a sudden be the heir apparent, sit at your right hand the entire time until you step down and then they're in? Are you going to go have them say, you know, you're going to put some requirements on it? Like, I need you to go get a master's degree, I need you to go get five years experience managing over here because I want you to have this type of experience before I teach you how to do it this way. What are we all hearing? Succession planning, you have to have a time element in it, right? You have to understand, and this goes back to something I know that we have said on this show time and time again, it's like the very first thing you need to understand is how does it end right? How does it end? If you sit there and go, I want to be retired at 60, please tell me you're not doing your succession planning at 59. Because if it is like, oh, okay, well, I've got Sally over here who's going to graduate next year. Great. She can come in and take over the business. No, you do not want as a brand new graduate running a business. You need to say, well, I really need her to get about five, six, seven, maybe 10 years experience. Well, now we're looking at 69 for retirement, you know? But maybe that's what you, maybe that's the reality you have to face too. Is ooh, I should have done this. But again, succession planning there is a a time element that we have to take into consideration. How much time does it take to bring somebody up to speed? Even if you're selling it, you sit there and go, I got to at least have a 24 month transfer window where I sit down and I'm running this business next to the new buyer to introduce them to the customers to get the workers comfortable with this person to get them to understand how do we negotiate? What is our kind of company ethos? Ingrain them into it. Well, I was just going to say, you're, you're kind of building into the plan a kind of onboarding for succession. Yes, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. 
And this and this is basically the case whether the succession is in a family or if it's just to a new executive that you're bringing in. Right. Exactly. And you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the top level. We have to realize that you need you need to have a succession plan for right hand person and their person below them. Your key positions, you need to know what does that succession plan look like for them? Are you training somebody to take their position? Are you going to hire from the inside? Are you going to hire from the outside? Have you identified a potential candidate? And are you kind of helping them get ready for that? Is there a mentoring aspect somewhere in here where they can kind of be ready to take over? Are they filling in when the other person is out for leave? Right. So succession plan, you've got to look at the whole organization and just realize where your key positions are. Where Who are your key stakeholders? Who are your key decision makers? Who are your key day-to-day frontline stars that if they walked out the door, you're in a jam or hurt. And the succession plan then starts to bleed a little bit like a business continuity plan. It's like, well, if I lose this person, I know we can keep running with me stepping in or Bob stepping in for four weeks. Okay. Well, you now have four weeks to find, hire, and train somebody to take over that position. But you do need to know that. I mean, you need to understand what does this look like? Because when I have seen businesses fail and, and you start to do some postmortems on them and they've been a successful business for years and years and years and years and years, I'm telling you, it is astonishing how often a change in leadership led to the ultimate demise of an otherwise stable company. That, that brings to mind the importance of training. Yes. I think that when you have those who report to you understanding your job, It might be one person or it might be a team of people that if they've been trained adequately, they can serve in in, in interim roles. They can sort of keep things together while another person is is found. And wow, four weeks to find and train a new person would be light speed. Wouldn't it though? (laughs) Wouldn't it? It really would be. I mean, it would be unbelievable. And we all know that's not a real possibility, but you have to sit and go, how long can we really sustain ourselves without this key person in place, without this key position being filled. So, and you have to realize that. And and if it's like, oh, I only have four weeks. Now, you know, to kind of your point, right, Matt? An outside hire is probably not going to be the way to go. You're probably going to need to hire from the inside and then have an outside hire to fill that position that was just vacated by the promotion. Right. So leadership development and internal training Leadership development, internal training is key to succession planning. It should be part of the succession plan, right? I think a lot of people sit down and go, okay, the succession plan is when I leave, I sell, I retire, who takes over? Yes, that's part of it. But you got to look at your other key positions because you have to know how they will be successed. What is your bench? Who's on the bench? Who's there? So if you are a small to medium-sized business listening to this podcast, and you have a succession plan in place, how often should you be reviewing it and updating it? Like, do you have a plan you wrote five years ago? Does that work? Or do you need to dust that off and really look at it and say, our business has grown rapidly. Positions have changed. My relationship as founder or or our relationship as members of the executive team has changed to the business. Things are different. Do you update that plan? And, and what does that look like? Which we- Yes. Yes, 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 yes. We can, you know, another episode, we have records retention and revisitation policies, but we'll talk about that. But let's just kind of address that quickly here. 
you should have a plan and it should be calendarized and somebody should be in charge of it of when do we review this? I would say personally, my recommendation is yearly. You need to have an annual review of it. And it could be just a quick, yeah, nothing major's changed. This is still pretty much it. What we have learned, especially now that we're in this post-COVID world, we're changing. We, the world, the way business is done is changing every day from technology to processes to how people want to work. It is all changing, right? So if you have not had a business review of your succession plan in five years, uh, my guess is you are way behind where you need to be. You've probably changed product lines. You most definitely have changed the way you work. You probably have better technology in, and you may find out that you have some positions that are outdated or just not being used anymore in that succession plan. So, you know, the key note here is the business changes and it's changing at a quicker pace each and every year, it feels like. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, a annual review of that is just absolutely necessary. You've really laid out the case. I'm con- <laughs> Excellent. And yet I get the sense that when you talk to small and diverse business owners about this topic, you probably hear pretty frequently that they either don't have an up-to-date plan plan, or they don't have a plan at all. Yeah, it's mostly I don't have a plan at all because I'm feeling great today. Right. And I'm in the moment. And the moment I'm in the moment. The moment's great and amazing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Or it's not great and it's a five alarm fire and I don't have a chance. I don't have a time to stop right. to plan for something. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. Right? I've got to go raise funding. I've got to go talk to this customer. I've got a key presentation. You know, I've had two people call out and I'm trying to cover it. Yeah. Oh, the the reasons are numerous and all of them valid, too, by the way, I'd like to add in there to to why they don't do it is one of those things that one day you're going to wake up and need it and be like, crap, now I got to try to do something. And again, I think I even said it last week, Matt, even a bad plan is better than no plan at all, right? Even even if all you have is the five-year plan, I'd rather you have that than like nothing or this idea you've put on the back of an envelope or in your head in the notes section of your phone. You know, it, it needs to be accessible. That's the other thing too about whether it's this or any of the other business plans, business continuity, business succession planning, it all needs to be somewhere where the records can be accessed. Maybe not by everybody. You probably have some line workers that don't need to know what is the succession plan, but you probably have some HR professionals. You probably have, you know, your number two, they need to be able to access it. They need to be able to know where it is. So it does need to be written down and accessible but you've just got to make time for it. You just do. And and I know that is an easier statement to make on a podcast and to try to do in reality, actual boots on the ground, live fire type situation. But it is one of those things that kind of like not getting insurance. You know, it is just not not having time is not an excuse to go and do it. You know, and that's really some of these are some of the hard conversations I have as a mentor. It's like, you just got to get this done. There's just no other way for me to say this, but we've got to get it done. And a lot of times there's some intrepidation to do it because it's like, this is like really difficult. You know, this is, this is a lot to think about. I just don't even want to think about this, you know? And so there's sometimes that is a roadblock, you know, to getting this done. It's like, wow, you're asking me to do this. And it really puts me outside my comfort zone. Are there 
tools or resources that people in that position can access that can help? You know, there are a few out there. I've Googled some different resources on secession planning. I can't think of any that come to my head that are just a huge, huge standout. I will say this, the one place I have not looked, and I'll just go ahead and admit to this, is with our SBA, right? Small Business Administration. I think they have something on it. I can't remember. But yeah, do Google it. You'll get some ideas. There's not a good like fill in the blank option. I think we've kind of gotten used to some of the legal forms that are out there. It's like, oh, it's a fill in the blank, you know, will. Oh, it's a fill in the blank LLC. Oh, you know, that type of thing. This is because, and I think the reason for this is, because I've even tried to sit down and say, okay, how do you how do you make a template, right? How do I help somebody do it? Every business is so different. You know, every owner is so different. It would be like trying to write a, here is how, you know, a fingerprint is basically made. It's just so unique and so different and so nuanced by the ownership and, and the different business relationships you have. It's almost an impossible task to do it, which then also means there's not, not a wrong way to do it. You know, there's also not a wrong way to do it. I think that's where some of my, some of our business owners kind of get a little bit of a brain freeze too, is because there's, you know, not a wrong way. Then that means there's not necessarily a patented right way. And that causes some confusion too. Right. All right. Well, I think if we if we just sort of review what we've talked about, we've talked about identifying the key positions, key positions in an organization that have a succession plan for. We've talked about kind of creating job descriptions like for what a potential successor could look like for those roles. We talked about time. You outlined the time frame, the overlap necessary, really making sure you do this in advance so that there is the time and you're not in a crunch situation where you can't give the amount of time you'd like. We've talked about training, thinking about who needs to be developed so that the person who might be leaving or moving on or retiring is surrounded by other people who can step in, train a successor if necessary, or at least take on an interim role or be promoted. I want to first to kind of close out on on just kind of another thing that I think business owners need to think about. And, and I think succession planning really kind of helps us focus on this a little bit too. And that is making sure that at all times of your business, you have minimum a mentor, right? Whether that's through a, a formal mentoring program, maybe there's another business out there who does something similar to you that you have met and they can kind of help walk you through some of the pitfalls they've been in, be part of an industry group, put together an advisory board. Maybe it's not a formal board, just have an advisory board, but you need to have some kind of dispassionate people that help give you insight onto what's going on, right? That kind of help you think through some of these things, help you put together the succession plan and you'll get a view other than your own. And I think that's part of the problem I see. I think it is essential, Matt. I totally agree with you, sir. And this goes to whether we're going to talk business continuity We're going to talk HR policies. We're going to talk succession planning. We tend to write it from our singular point of view. And I see business owners get in trouble with that. Even if you're a sole proprietor, you need to have some dispassionate third person that you're talking to, being mentored by, going and seeing that can offer a different lens on how to see the world and see your business. And I think that's going to help you in that succession planning too getting it right, getting it down on paper, and then holding you accountable 
to changing it. Not once, you know, once every year, not every five years. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. The importance of a mentor cannot be overstressed. And in this, it's just the many areas where it applies, but so is because again, succession, especially I think for founders, for people that are really invested in a business, even if it's not the founder, it's emotionally difficult to think about moving on or to think about be done by someone else in your position that you chair this company. So, so important to have that outside perspective of a mentor or of an advisory board. So excellent point. Excellent. Good. Well, Adam, thank you for another edifying episode. Yes. Thank you. I've really enjoyed these conversations we've been having, Matt, helping, you know, just kind of expand on some of these concepts for our business and our, our listeners. Absolutely. Well, thank you again. And thanks for everyone who's listening. Be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn at Chloe Gidry Reed and at Adam Moore. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Check out our previous shows and stay tuned for next time. Thank you for listening to Breaking Barriers, Building a Higher Ground. We are grateful for the time you spend with us in participating in these conversations. Please review and rate and share our show as we are focused on growing awareness in the supply chain inclusion and supplier diversity space. If you'd like more information, please visit us at higherground.io. That's H-I-R-E ground dot I-O. Thank you for being here and we look forward to seeing you next week.